Film Cult. Hello and welcome to Film Cult. I'm David Sandu. I'm Stefan Sandu. I'm Ryan Victory. And we are back. I hope that you enjoyed this last month. This was an interesting month of movies. Um, real quick to recap, we had a bunch of movies. I'm really not going to get too much into them because we have a lot to talk about today. But the winners of last month and the movies that you should probably go see are Lego Batman movie, which did really well critically, made a lot of money, and then John Wick 2 and Get Out. We're not going. We're not going to mention Get Out. We're not going to hit on that for a second. Uh, we are. I was just going to ask you right now. Ryan, oh, okay, good. You know, so good. thanks for assuming. Well, uh, no, you said you were just going to mention them and move on. You're to assuming my topic. Yes. Okay. All right, it's 2017. We're Get not going to talk it. too much on it since we since uh, we got a review of it last week from Derek. But this was a great movie. Ryan and I went to go see this, and it is fantastic. Uh, it, it really is everything that the trailer says it's going to be, and it's more. It delivers that key and peel, right? Yeah, yeah, key and peel. Well, mostly the peel comedy, and it has horror elements, has those thriller elements, and it just uh, it addresses some some race race issues, very on the nose, but also very with with lots of layers and with with really good depth. Uh, it, it was a great movie. There was uh, the only thing I wish we would have done is gone to see it with more people, because like because horror and comedy are those things where in the theater you want the audience to react because you want that that physical reaction. And we didn't see it with a whole lot of people in the theater. We saw it with a one weird guy like yelling stuff. I don't know. That guy was weird. But if you're gonna go see this in the theaters, go at a time where there's lots of people because it's gonna be a more fun experience. But the movie alone is just is, is an amazing movie very well done and i don't think we can talk up how good this movie is to the point where i think it came out in february because that's the testing month for movies that they don't know what to do with this is a movie that needs to be nominated for oscar for best screenplay it's that good wow. it was such a good movie that i think it deserves on a screenplay alone i don't know about acting or it, yeah, special no. effects or stuff like that best movie but this was definitely a movie that is incredibly smart and intelligent with its moves. And so it's a movie that you should definitely go see. I have a few small gripes with it, but I mean, they're real nitpicky, real nitpicky. Yeah, I mean, it, it held 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for, I think, longer than most movies do, even that are really good. It has a 99%, and I actually went to go find the negative review. It wasn't a top critic at all, uh, but I, right now it still has a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is, it's a great movie. And I, I didn't see Lego Batman movie, but I imagine that it's much like the Lego movie and John Wick 2 if you haven't seen it it's much like John Wick 1 just really awesome so one movie solid that, sequels one movie that I didn't get to watch this month that I was looking forward to but the kind of reviews kind of turned me off to it was Cure for Wellness we talked about it a little bit last month Gore Verbinski come back to horror uh, filming um, Dean Mahan or Don or Whatever how you say his whatever name. his name is, but he's he's in this film and it got really mixed reviews. Some people liked it, some people didn't. But uh, I think mostly it was more of a negative response to this film, which I was really sad about. Overall, so, it was very pretty, but it wasn't. Yeah, it didn't have a lot of substance, which seems to be the general problem of movies today. Is that a lot of them can be very pretty, as we will talk about when it comes to certain movies like Suicide Squad, <clears throat> and uh, but they don't have a whole lot of substance. So trailers. Let's talk about some trailers that dropped. In February, that were some pretty awesome. We have a huge list of them. We're not going to go over all of them, but the first one that I want to talk about because I think Stefan may have something to say about this. What What's Samurai up? Jack, dude? Did yeah. you see the new Samurai Jack trailer? <laughs> see, I didn't see any of the movies that have come out in this past month, but I've seen a couple of trailers, <laughs> and that one, that one got me all excited. I mean, they're bringing the show back to Adult Swim. Adult Swim is picking that back up, and it's going to be violent. It's going to be bloody. It's not going to be robots. He's killing. 
I mean, dude, they showed straight up in the trailer. Like, ah, ah. They had a clip that came out that was really cool. So, I mean, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the show because it kind of came out when I was a little older, so I didn't really watch it. But as somebody who grew up with it, and Ryan, did you watch it? Uh, I, I watched it on and off, but I definitely put this series in kind of like the underappreciated animated stuff with Avatar The Last Airbender and definitely Samurai Jack. Because the like, same people who made the Samurai Jack also did the Clone Wars, introduced Grievous right before so, um, you know the third movie came what out. What do you, Stefan, you know, a big fan of this show, you know... What what are your thoughts about this coming out? It's going to be an adult version. Well, it, it's gonna ni- it's gonna be nice to see some closure. They after five seasons, the show got canceled before they can um they can finish the series, and uh, now I don't know how many years later they're gonna just wrap it up, and that's that's exciting, you know. Which, it's like it's like taking a cult classic, say like taking Firefly and just adding another season that finishes it, wraps it up. Which is very hit and miss, right? We've had several examples like. Independence Day, I'll say it, uh, it did not work, right? 20 years later, an awful idea. It was Nothing was good about that. And then we had Split, which was, again, I think 20 years as well, or around there. And the, Split was... 17 years later in Split. 17. But the idea of this one, Samurai Jack's lost in time. It's perfect. He got stuck. Yeah. All right, just go. Yeah, I, yeah. I just I just hope that that, uh, that space and time between is not... Uh, also, Haku's, not. like the voice actor of Haku's dead, though, so let's see how that works out. Well, so it's not going to be Aku. It's a female Aku. Yeah, I, I noticed that. They so. completely changed the bad guy, but I'm sure that they'll come up with some storyline. They've been working on it for a long time, so right. it's yeah. not a movie, but Samurai Jack is a, is a big cultural icon in the cult world, and so... It's nice to see it, something come back. Um, other trailers uh, that dropped that you guys were excited for. Yesterday we got a couple of really interesting we, ones. Yeah, we so got, we got Guardians of the Galaxy two, two, and uh, the second trailer, and then we also got that featured Kurt Russell, and then we got, which I thought was a fantastic trailer for Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant had the dopest trailer. I think this one is an improvement from the last one. I I wasn't super hot. I mean, I'm not really, I haven't really uh, spent a lot of time in the Alien universe even though there's a lot of time to be spent there uh but the second show that did come out yesterday looks really good and it it's gonna promise and i'm really excited to see danny mcbride in there james franco's in that one too so i i really is james franco in he's the, he's the captain of the ship oh shoot did so, you not see the clip no so I, the, I, I guess i missed that part they they released a four minute prologue for the movie, which is basically the first four minutes of the movie, and it shows who all of these characters are going to be, and it shows who James Franco and Danny McBride are going to be. And I, when I first saw that they were going to be in this movie, I thought, oh, crap, this is going to be awful. Right. But I, I think they're actually going to do well. Those I, two can be, they know when to tone it down, I, I think. Yeah. And I think that they wanted a little Danny McBride flair. And it's, it's always interesting to see comedy actors in horror flicks, but that's the other thing about this trailer. This trailer... Made Alien scary again. Yes, it, it did. It, really it was did. scary. Like I watched it, I'm like, oh my gosh, what the? Oh my gosh, you know. And then Alien looks scary. Well, I think I think when Ridley Scott made Prometheus, he really got into the the lore and the mythology of that universe, and then he decided to go back to the roots and bring in the fear factor again. So. I personally loved Prometheus. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was really. I'm cool. excited. There was a lot of cr- I that there was a lot of crap for it. I, I. I have it. I can. Touch it. <laughs> I. I think that this movie is going to be a great mix of great mythology and scares, which is something we don't get very often. Yeah, which I mean was something that the original uh, Blair Witch Project had. It had that creepy mythology that was looked upon and then it had the good scares and then like the all of the even the remake from 2016 tried to build upon the mythology and it just didn't work so now that 
we have Prometheus and we're going to get this new alien one. And that's just going to be, a, they're just going to build upon that. I think, I think it is going to be really good. Um, other trailers we, that came out we, this month. We said Guardians of the Galaxy. Do we see Cars 3? Cars 3. Cars 3 has a lot more to it now. We have a little understanding of what that movie is going to be about. Uh, the other movie that uh, dropped this month that was a lot of people are excited for is the Lego Ninjago movie. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I watched that show because of work. Um, and I thought the show was kind of funny, but the movie actually looks really funny. And I would be actually very interested in seeing it. It's a TV show on Cartoon Network that's being translated into a movie. I mean, they're creating an entire Lego movie series that's that's going to, I think, kind of get out of control. But, I mean, you know, kids are liking these. But they're, I'm liking them. I think adults are liking them, too, though. That's I think that's where they're getting their powers, that everyone's actually enjoying these Lego movies. Um, a couple of other things just to bring up. You know, we've got uh, The Beguiled, which is starring Colin Farrell. And it seems like a very smart thriller that's uh he's stuck in a home with these these women who are beguiling him and maybe killing him um and then song to song which uh boasts of a great cast uh michael fosbender and uh christian bale and uh, natalie portman um Did you see uh first they killed my father angelina jolie it's gonna be on netflix uh, no, but now I wanted to get to Netflix real fast. Uh, they oh. have Dear White People that are coming out, which is a TV show based off of the movie that came out a couple of years ago. Is the movie streaming on Amazon? The movie is streaming in several places. It's been on Hulu. I was, and I, I was looking for it the other day, and I, I it's didn't definitely it. on Netflix. And it was a pretty good movie. It's a comedy that's trying to discuss the problems of how we discuss racism on um, both sides, and brings up a lot of fun arguments in a comedic format. And they're making a TV show about it, which I think personally is great. A lot of people canceled their Netflix accounts because this, what they saw was a, a movie that boasts white genocide and is racist towards white people. Now, if you actually watch the movie, it's not at all. In fact, it, uh, it kind of vilifies the black argument several times in that movie. Um, but uh, what do you guys think of that? I mean... You know, you can't escape politics nowadays. It's in everything. Yeah, and I think that I think that's a pretty big trend, especially with just the social media and and politics that people tune out at just just at the view at the at the look of a, a article title. How many people are actually looking and and uh, and going to that article? People see the title, "Dear White People," they read a synopsis and they get they get you know offended or, or hurt or mad about what this movie could be they don't even give it a chance to to try to understand it well, i think that's the idea of the title though is to 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 weed them out well yeah to cause a little bit of a conversation well it's shock it, it's shock yeah. value yeah could you imagine if if uh if moonlight was titled you know homosexual black people it's <laughs> 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 like oh we're not watching moonlight it's a great fantastic best picture no, that uh, winner. That movie was let's hit every Oscar thing we got. Poor black gay. <laughs> it definitely is Oscar bait, but it was a good movie. Okay, well let's let's go into it. Let's talk about the highlight of February. The if you watch movies, this is your Super Bowl, the Oscars. What did you think of the Oscars? Well, I have I, some specifics I want to get into, but overall, what were your impressions? I was disappointed that I only I, I got a 13 out of 24, 26 categories. 24. 24. Oh, I got yeah, 16. These guys, 13 out of 24. Yeah, these guys take it really seriously. I didn't get uh, to watch it, actually, but I got to get the updates. <laughs> there there wasn't too much that I really had major issues with. I mean, my biggest thing, two of my favorite movies from, from 2016, 
I mean, 2016, like that's like an asterisk, right? From, from Oscar season started with arrival and it ended with silence. Those were two of my favorite movies from 2016, both of which the cinematography is just amazing. Just beautiful, gorgeous films. Uh, La La Land has some good, um, uh, movement with its camera it has some good, some good angles and some, some good shots. The colors are also really nice. And I mean, the, I mean, that's more of the production design, but the cinematography, the the beauty of of, of Silence and Arrival, either one of those, I'd have been fine with winning. I didn't really think La La Land deserved that specific one. Uh, so I think the cinematography category w- was off, just in my opinion. But I mean, obviously that's biased. So you know, yeah, and we all know how the Academy works directly off of Ryan Victory's opinion. It should. So. <laughs> um. So, we we had a couple of interesting things that happened. First of all, I thought Jimmy Kimmel, I didn't think he did a very good job. Uh, he wasn't very funny because Jimmy Kimmel's not very funny. And uh, I mean, I mean, sometimes, sometimes he's pretty funny. I mean, sometimes he's pretty funny. But I here's like the thing: this was a nine-year low for viewership, and usually, and it was completely with younger people. Why? Because it's featuring a show that is awarding movies that nobody got to see because they all came out within a two-month period to not wide release. Right. Hard to find these movies to uh to the, like, what, the D-lister of the late-night shows? I yeah. mean, nobody's excited to see Kimmel. They're excited to see Colbert, Fallon, Oliver, even. You know? I mean, there's so many other choices they could have picked, and they picked Kimmel. <laughs> and what was Kimmel's shining moment that night? The complete exploitation of regular people and showing, hey, 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 we're pretentious dicks and we're going to bring up these people. I mean, it was completely <laughs> I mean, inappropriate. Like that, but I mean, I, I wasn't a big fan of them either. I, uh, I mean, I feel like you have to watch the Kimmel show or like follow Kimmel to understand the whole Matt, da- Matt Damon stuff. Yeah, it's sort of an inside joke, which that was funny. I'll give that. Well, I mean, it was inside joke. I didn't get it. I'm not a, Kim- <laughs> I'm not a Kimmelite. I'm not a Kimmel Ocean. I don't know. So I don't know. Uh, a Kimli? I don't know. Uh, what would you call that? Kimmel Ocean? I like Kimmel Ocean. I, I, I don't know why we're going... Okay, wait. Kimmel... Okay, okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> let's let's go on to some of the awards. So we have the first Muslim win in a major acting category, which is uh, Mahershala Ali from Moonlight. Do we think that's deserved? Uh, I don't know. I only saw him in Luke Cage. He was really good in there. It's Cottonmouth. Yeah, I, I mean, he had a very understated... Uh, performance very quiet very contemplative uh and that's my favorite thing about moonlight is that every you have to read the characters to understand what's really happening it's not uh overt like maybe fences was it was very <laughs> quiet performance i mean he wasn't in the entire movie but the portion that he was in powerful I, I, it is powerful i think it really commands commands that uh, i don't know who you would i don't know I don't know who else could to possibly yeah. win that one. Yeah. He, There's not he, one that would definitively take it away from him to give it to somebody else. I, 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 I feel say. like Mahershala Ali's name is probably the worst thing to happen to him because he is probably one of the most talented actors out there. I mean, you got God bless House of Cards for giving us Mahershala Ali. Oh, um, is he in House of Cards too? Uh, that's, that's where he got famous. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, because he's a great actor, but his name is really hard to say, you know? <laughs> and so people, you know, Denzel Washington's a lot easier to say uh than his name but so is will smith will um but yeah he he won and i think that's a great step it's ironic that a muslim man won for playing in a movie about a gay black man there is some contradiction there and pakistanis actually thought that this was interesting because he's actually part of a a sect of islam that's actually outlawed 
and not considered Islamic in their country. So to them, mm. he is not the first <clears throat> Muslim to win. Um, other one, Viola Davis. She finally won. She gave a great speech. <clears throat> acceptance speech. It was a really good speech. Very touching. She's very close to getting an EGOT, which is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tonys. The four greatest things you can get. And she's not the first black woman is, to get to that. So you said Whoopi Goldberg has gotten that, right? She got that back in 2002. So what did she get her Tony for? Um, I don't remember what she got them for, but I know that her Emmy was not for acting. It okay. was for producing. Is it a little bit of a cop out that she won her Tony and her Oscar on the same performance? No, that's just the about- same, the same character, <laughs> Viola Davis. Same character, right? She won the Tony for her performance in Fences, the play, right? And then she won her, I don't know, so maybe. But if that is the case, I feel like that might be a little bit of a cop-out. But I mean, Viola Davis is talented, so I'm not taking anything away from her. So. I mean, she should have won several times before. Right. And so I think, you know, she's another one who is an incredibly talented actress. Do, do you think that she would have still won had she been in uh, lead? Because when, when the ballots first started coming out, Viola Davis, I think, was listed under under lead because they really shared the movie in Fences. And then she was put down into supporting, I think, mostly for the campaign because uh, the so the lead was so packed. There was a lot of great lead actresses. Uh, so do you think she would have won lead if she was in lead? You know, I'll be honest, I didn't see Fences, but taking a look at both the talent, I would say of who won, Emma Stone, I would say Viola Davis should have because she's a great actress. I mean, she's she's a fantastic actress, just like Amy Adams. It's a travesty that Amy Adams has not won an Oscar yet. Yeah, and I I, th- I think Naomi, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Naomi Harris would have been more than deserving for that supporting. She she did a fantastic job. There was a lot of great performances in Moonlight. Yeah. Um, another thing, this is there were some snafu, snafus in here, and I think this one was was sad but, but kind of funny. Um, there during in the memoriam, Janet Peterson, who did costumes, uh, died in 2016, but they didn't show her picture. They showed a picture of Jan Chapman, who is a producer from Australia. And so picture this, this existential crisis of sitting there watching the in memoriam and your picture is up there. (laughs) And you you gotta ask yourself, am I dead? (laughs) Did I have a different name? What's, What's the joke? It was, uh. Well, I know I'm not dead, but am I truly living? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, this is in memoriam real. Like, we're celebrating these people. How celebrated is, uh, was it Janet Peterson? Yeah. How celebrated is she if the people making that in memoriam thing were like, is that her? I think so. Just well, put I that mean, picture up. How awful for the family. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, these are real people. And, you know, yeah, we, 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 we look at it and we're like, oh, okay, this is cool. And, oh, I missed that person. Oh, Gene Wilder. I, you know, I'm so sad he's gone. But... These are people with families, and they're watching, and they're going, this is what my mom or my sister uh, devoted their life to. and No picture. And they, they don't get that honor. I mean, the Oscars, <laughs> that, that's a big mess up. I mean, I actually think that's bigger than the mess up that we're about to talk about. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that one up. Uh, oh, also, Denzel Washington looked pissed the entire night. Why is that? He probably was pissed the entire night. <laughs> like there's this awkward I don't know. who knows there's this awkward let's moment speculate. when Casey Affleck who let's talk about Casey Affleck he won best actor he did a magnificent job but he was handed the award from Brie Larson who last year won because a movie talking about sexual assault and here is a man who is 
accused and settled out of court of sexual assault. Um, it's pretty awkward. And uh, he said, well, you know, it's really weird speech he gave, but he's like, the man who really taught me how to act was Denzel Washington. And I met him for the first time tonight. And they showed Denzel that whole time. And Denzel just looked pissed. He didn't clap. He didn't smile. Well, at that point, you just got to be hungry. I mean, that's a long award show. Like, I was sitting, I was sitting <laughs> like, in my apartment. What did that guy say? Did he mention me? Is the camera on my, me? My wife uh, made my favorite dessert. And I was, I mean, I was hanging out. I was doing fine. But I mean, he was sitting like second row. Front row. Front row. So, I mean, he's probably just hungry. I would say he's hungry. I mean, they had a lot of candy that fell from the sky. Yeah, you know, jun- junior mints aren't going to do it for you, though. They're, re- they're just really not. Maybe <laughs> if, maybe if he got the bars, red vine. Maybe yeah, if he got the red vines. But full I don't know. Snicker bars coming down. I think I think it might have been a mix of one. I should have won this award because really the conversation turned to because it was always going to be Casey Affleck, but then when all these allegations came out, it came to well then who's the next person you give it to? Well, it's Denzel. So Denzel, I think, may have felt robbed that he lost it to somebody who is uh, abusive to women. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's pure speculation. I have it's no idea. It's pure speculation, but, but the guy looked pissed. He did not look happy, and I feel like Casey Affleck felt really uncomfortable up there. Like, he didn't want to be up there. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I don't think he did anything Casey different Affleck than any other actor. Also looked like a homeless guy for an upcoming role, so I mean... Well, then he already did that with Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe they're switching now. Maybe, maybe. Jo- yeah, Joaquin's maybe. not going to be the director. He's like, you be homeless for a year and see how it feels. <laughs> All right, uh, one more thing before we talk about the snafu at the end. Um, Suicide Squad is now an Oscar-winning movie. I want to put this in perspective. This means Suicide Squad has the same amount of Oscars as Leonardo DiCaprio, as Christian Bale. It has more Oscars than American History X, It's a Wonderful Life, Memento, Wolf of Wall Street. It's a Wonderful Life is not an Oscar-winning movie, but Suicide Squad is. I put that in perspective and think about that. What are your thoughts on that? I think that I I I I don't know how that happened. I mean, if we're gonna go on awards, that means that Suicide Squad, when people are just gonna be looking at the numbers, is a better movie than American History X. That movie's gonna show up on the when people who want to look at film go. I want to look for the best movies that have that have won Oscar, so they go down the Oscar list. And now the future generations will have to watch Suicide Squad (laughs) in film class because it won an Oscar for best, was it makeup? Yeah. So I I really thought that um, the Star Trek Beyond should have won that. And I mean, when you think about it, Killer Croc is in the background of Suicide Squad. He doesn't really do a whole lot. He has maybe three or four lines that are mostly just like terrible urban slang. Like it's really bad. And then look at Star Trek Beyond. I didn't really like that movie very much, but at least... Idris Elba and all of the people who are in that makeup and in, in that, uh, they look good. And their performance is actually like there and relevant and present and just as good, if not better, which I would say it was compared to Killer Croc. I mean, that, I mean the, the makeup... See, here's what I, I think is funny. I'm not like, like te- I'm not like tech. I don't know technic technicalities of makeup. And yeah, you know, like I'm that, not but. gonna lie. Killer Croc was done very well, but that was one character where everybody else was something that anybody could have done. And, not, and everybody was for Halloween. So, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, it was easy yeah. makeup for all the other ones. Killer Croc is the only way that they could have won that award. And then you think about Star Trek, which I agree, not a great movie. However, 
There's a million killer crocs in that movie. <laughs> and and they look pretty similar to Killer Croc, like the what they, the Kroll, right? I mean, that's I mean, yeah. The Nick Kroll? <laughs> Just a bunch of Nick Kroll. Well, I, don't, I don't know what they they're called. I'm not a I'm not a Trekkie, I don't know. <laughs> so I was mad that movie cuz my wife was like don't buy any popcorn. I was like, I want popcorn. Were you, were you mad? <laughs> I, went, I went into that movie in a, in a bad state. Were you of mind. mad? I got that movie my popcorn now. Go, going in, thinking, wow, these movies have been getting worse and worse. Why do I still watch them? That was in the height. That was in the height of like, I don't know why I'm because of, the that movie, this because of that movie. Because of that movie, Arrival was the, so much what's sweeter. It called? The uh, the little prince didn't come to theaters. That one in Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah. Paramount. Stupid Paramount. Paramount didn't Stupid do well this year. So let's talk about the biggest snafu of the night. The moment that made every best actor movie or best movie lose twice and have a <laughs> glimmer of hope that they've never had before. La La Land wins because Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, who were reuniting after 50 years from filming uh, Bonnie and Clyde, which also ended in a disaster, <laughs> they... they uh, they open it up, they get the wrong envelope, they call La La Land, and then it turns out Moonlight is the winner for a brief second when they go, it's the wrong movie. We didn't win. All the other movies are sitting there going, oh, oh, do we have a chance? Because we know La La Land is out. <laughs> <laughs> that, that must have, I mean, to bring in sports for a second, that must have been what it felt like when Michael Jordan retired for a little bit. Like, Jordan's gone? We have a chance. <laughs> Wait, La La Land's not in this. Okay, we can do this, but really you don't. Did you just <laughs> compare La La Land to Michael Jordan? Uh, yeah, no, they're both uh, uh, pre pretty pretty at the peak of their uh, respective uh, you know mediums. So. so what did you think of, first of all, that performance, that, which should win an Emmy, um, of what <laughs> happened on the stage? I just want to point out that I don't, I don't think it was uh, uh, Warren Beatty's, not his fault. Well, okay, this is what it was his fault, is that, he didn't know what to do, so he yeah, passed he, it. He passed the buck to Faye Dunaway, bad. and she didn't come back out because you know she booked it out of there. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but I, he definitely recognized it, and Faye was just like, "Okay." She like, made, he made her fall on a sword for him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, here, here's what I think is really interesting about that is I think Moonlight definitely deserved it, but this was. In a, in a country that is divided right now, the joke is, is that La La Land won the popular vote. <laughs> and uh, It really did, though, but I don't think that was that was more from release and word of mouth and what A lot was. more people saw that movie. That's yeah. why. I mean, so many women went and saw that movie. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think what's interesting is that- The other movies didn't really, yeah. La La Land, in a lot of ways, represented old Hollywood. And Moonlight represented new Hollywood, new concepts, new ideas. And La La Land was just a complete hand job of the original stuff that happened in the 50s. With a rotation. And this was a moment where that lost. You're right there, you know, like, no, we're giving it to you. Nope, you know what? Never mind. We're actually giving it, we're passing the torch to something new. And so I think- Ah, so it was all staged. It says, read this card- First, <laughs> and then hand it to Faye, and then have her say La La Land. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting thing, because that was sort of the sign of the death of old Hollywood. I mean, we're sort of done with it, right? No. No, no, think, no you can look at it that way, but no, you can't look at the death of old Hollywood, because if you have that die, then... Then what are you supposed to like take from to grow? No, from? this is what you this is what you physically saw. You saw a movie that won based off of one of the ideas was 
white guys explaining what jazz was, a whole movie full of white people, and then was replaced by a diverse cast, but mainly black. I mean, there was a complete physical change there. And that was really fascinating to see because this was completely different. When I walked out of the theater after watching La La Land, the only thing that I was really thinking about was, uh, oh, like man, I wish they would have been together because it was a great couple. But you know, I I understand like ambition and like it pulled them apart. And like that that's what you were walking away thinking of after La La Land. And then after watching Moonlight, uh, I mean, when you watch that movie, you walk out of the the theater and you're thinking so much more about like how the structure of the film. Uh, had a message. How the performances of the film had a message. The message itself of the film uh, was this message. Uh, and I, I have to, I have to, at least I want the Academy to to give it off of merit. And I think that Moonlight had more merit. It was, I think it was the better film. I think it it it, it had more to say that was more impactful. I think more interesting, really. Uh, and I, so I think the I think the the better film. One, I think they're they both display craft so well, um, but I think Moonlight says a little bit something that's a little bit more important, a little bit more relevant, and uh, I th- I think it, j- it was just done better. So I- I'm I'm fine with it. Well, let's talk about relevance. So we just we just railed on Suicide Squad. Is the Os- are the Oscars still relevant? And you know, in 20 years, people are going to talk about La La Land, but nobody's going to talk about Moonlight. You know, Moonlight's never going to have that populous feel to it. But La La Land will. That's a movie that lots of people are going to watch. So that is the movie that's going to probably influence Hollywood a little bit more than Moonlight. So should La La Land have won? Maybe the Oscars is just a reminder that there is good movies out there while there's the popular Hollywood going around pumping out and making the money. Maybe that's what the Oscars is for right now. But should we reward movies that are considered... uh, that like really stand the test of time. Like, let's say for example, we, you know, our first episode was arguing what was the movie of 2015. And it was Star Wars. Star Wars. We, we talked about Star Wars and Mad Max, and then you brought up Fast and Furious <laughs> 7. Uh, uh, what was the movie that won Best Movie last year for the Oscars? Spotlight. All right. Um, it's on Netflix. People can watch it now. People can watch it. But what was the movie that really defined 2015 as a mastercraft? Star Wars. Star Wars. Well, I, or, I, or, or Mad Max. Those are the movies that really made an impact. still impactful. trying to push the argument a year later. No, it was Star Wars. I don't know when Mad Max came out <laughs> the, in 2015. Those are, those are movies that were impactful. Uh, Spotlight, great film. Absolutely amazing film. Um, I, you would be hard-pressed to walk on the street and find one person who's seen it out of 20 people that you've talked to. Yeah. So I, I think when, when the Oscars, when the Academy, when they really pick what movie they want to be best picture, I think they, whatever they pick is going to tell the world what they value. Do we value ourselves and are, are is cinema only meant for entertainment and talking about the arts itself? Or is film a medium to where we can discuss all issues of race, of equality, of anything of anything because that's what film is we can project anything put it on film release it to the world and then we can dissect that because it truly is art so i think if, if la la land wins they say to everyone we love entertainment we love ourselves we love that we can do this for everybody moonlight wins they say we love that film can 
project and do so many different things and it truly is an art form and has so much more to say than just what Lawland had to say. Now, they don't follow that template every time. I think they did follow in 2015, right? When it was pretty much like The Revenant or it was Spotlight. Like, well, which one's more important? Well, Spotlight is a story that needs to be told. It was told very well. It was acted very well, written, directed very well. And that's what won. I think that's the same thing that happened this year, that Moonlight was more important, more more relevant, had more to say, and was better for film as a medium than La La Land really was. As entertaining and charming and lovely as it is, Moonlight is, is a better representation of what uh, the Academy wants film to be. No, that, that's good. So, does, But does a movie have to be a mess, have a message for it to be the best movie? I mean, so let's, let's, take, this, let's t- take this further, you know? I mean, uh, popular movies don't normally get uh, Oscar nominations. You know, we're not going to really see... Uh, the Dark Knight was never nominated. It was nominated for Best Actor or Supporting Actor, which won Heath Ledger. Which rightfully won. But death would or he, no death. But here's the thing. Would he have won or even been considered for nomination had he not died? I don't think so. No, I that, feel like that his performance, performance was talked about before he was even nominated, though. Like People were talking about... No, nobody was because the movie didn't come out. I don't. Nobody had seen it. Regardless or not, if he did not win, his performance today would still be more discussed than anything that would have won. Yeah, that but, performance has stood the test of time and is still one of the best villain performances, comic performances, or just performances in general. But that goes back to it was a popular movie. Let's take Logan. We haven't seen Logan yet, but let's just assume that Logan is amazing. It's already got great reviews. It comes out this weekend. And Patrick Stewart will only get supporting actor. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you've got supporting actor. You you got... uh, Has Patrick Stewart ever been nominated for an Oscar? I don't think he has. I don't know. But uh, Hugh Jackman has. So we know Hugh Jackman can put out a great performance. This movie looks great. Let's say it's the greatest superhero movie ever, except for The Dark Knight. It's on that level. No, what if it beats The Dark Knight? What if it beats The Dark Knight? Okay. This is a, this is a, rated, con- R, this is a rated R time-testing movie. Will it get an Oscar nomination? Probably not. Let's find out. It depends on how good it is. But it, So, because it doesn't have some great message, or it doesn't have the artistry that they're looking for. What so, if it does? I, what if it becomes an outlet that can a, do that? I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean... Different things serve different purposes, right? I mean, we have those popcorn flicks and we have these movies that are really meaningful. And I, and not that not that one is better than the other, but generally the ones that have the message have the better structure, have the better directing, have the better writing, have the better screenplay, have the better... It's all just better. It's kind of taken care of more too. It's a smaller release. There's, I mean, there were several they, they, popular films. Suicide, Suicide Squad wasn't even popular and that got an Oscar nomination. Uh, Star Trek Beyond... Uh, I actually never heard anybody talk about that movie. What? Which so, Star Trek? So here's what's interesting is that let's take a look at how the Academy does things. So let's look at the In Memoriam. What did they do when somebody was really special? They gave them a moving photo or they, they showed a clip. So let's take a look at two people who died in 2016. Debbie Reynolds, who is Hollywood uh, legend. And then Carrie Fisher. Who Carrie Fisher's a Hollywood legend as well, but Carrie Fisher never did anything uh, when it came to like like she she wrote some things, but her acting was never really substantial. It was popcorn B list movies. While Debbie Reynolds was an A lister. When they showed Debbie Reynolds, they did not give her a moving picture. They just glossed over her name very quickly, and then they showed. Uh, Carrie Fisher going, may the force be with you. So in the long run, even though Debbie Reynolds was the star of Singing in the Rain, Star Wars movies 
were more important than that. So the popular movies were more important than that. Well, I, th- I think I think um, he, uh, Heath Ledger's performance transcends the movie he was in. Princess Leia as a character, any of those characters transcends the movies that they're in. That, that's it's so much more. That, that transcends into a cultural icon. So it, it, it's not so much like the boundaries and borders of what they were in, but it's, it's the characters they played. Seen in the Rain... Uh, is great and it's a beloved movie, but her performance and her character doesn't really rise above that as the test of and stand uh, the test of time. The Joker does, uh, Princess Leia does, and no knocks to, to Debbie Reynolds at all. But uh, it just it just doesn't come above the movie. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong or they should give her a less other than Carrie Fisher or anything like that. But I mean, I, that, I think that could be the, the reasoning behind that. So it's it's hard to predict the future because you never know when they when they made American Beauty, the best movie of what was it 1999 or something. I mean, how short sighted was that when, you know, years later you take a look and you're like, that movie shouldn't have won. And what a naive, stupid movie because it's 9-11 a- didn't happen yet. And they thought that the 90s was it. You know, the most important thing you'll see is a floating bag. I mean, completely pretentious when we look back at it. It doesn't really work. But let's just say, and it's pretty easy to guess, that La La Land is going to stand the test of time and is going to rise above, and that is a movie that is going to make a huge difference. Moonlight's not. Well, I think it's because nostalgia lasts let's see how longer. Let's see how long La La Land lasts. Because let, yeah, let us. Let's see. Let's La La Land has that built-in nostalgia. I feel like it was like, whoa, what is this breath of old, fresh air? Let's see, see what happens in the next two years because, you know, things, get, things that are successful get beat. La La Land is what you, Stefan, have been wishing for yeah. forever. Yeah, and I I'm mean, excited for it, which means that there's going to probably be now some sort of small surge. Yeah, so it could really ch- impact Hollywood. Yeah, and I, I really hope that something like Moonlight does impact Hollywood. And I, I, I feel like it will, but only on the indie circuit. Um, So yeah, I mean, Devil's Advocate, I think that it's it, the Oscars is somewhat losing its relevancy, but I still really appreciate it because I do think that they do honor the things that are really special. And I think that they tried to go for that. Um, but it does come to question, you know, why are we watching these movies? You know, do we really need to look at the artistry of La La Land or can we just enjoy escapism every once in a while? Yeah, I think we can. So let's, uh, let's pick on something uh, else that the Oscars people get upset with. Your wife in particular, uh, as soon as she heard that there was something political going on when the salesman won, she said, ew, gross. Yeah. Um, I, I think people have this. A lot of people boycotted the Oscars because they said, oh, it's political. Oh, no, they're going to say bad things about Trump. Oh, no, oh, no, we're snowflakes. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the thing is, is that uh, the Oscars and movies have always been political. So why is it seen as such a bad thing now? It's ubiquitous. I, th- I think. I mean, it's just everywhere, everything that's said, everything. It's just everything. It's it's so ubiquitous in our culture right now, and it's such a big thing that I think, like like the escapism. Does everything have to have a message? Do the Oscars have to have a message? I just want to escape for a bit. I want to enjoy this perform this uh, uh, presentation of my favorite form of escapism. And then, no, the escapism isn't actually there. It's everything else that we see on the news every day. So I think I think that's the big reason why. Uh, I mean, there's hundreds of reasons why people boycott it and are, but it's defending my wife at least. It's just because it's ubiquitous. No, no, no. And I'm not saying that. I'm, I wasn't. Sorry, I wasn't singing. No, no, right. I was I just know, saying that's a real world example. You know, yeah. we've all had those moments in our lives. You maybe, you know, well, I, I doubt that if you're listening to this that you hate the Oscars. I mean, maybe you do, but it'd be kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but 
it's just interesting because you know Marlon Brando when he won for The Godfather back in 1973, 72, yeah, 73. Uh, he didn't go up to get the award. In fact, he refused the Academy Award and he sent up this Native American to protest. Uh, how Hollywood and the government were treating Native Americans at that time. There was a big standoff. There was actually their version of uh, the pipeline protests that were going on. Huge thing. And there were actually people who booed. Now, the difference is today, when we had the salesman, an Iranian director who couldn't come to the States, uh, you know, he had a letter up there and it was writ- read for him that he said he couldn't come and he was protesting because of these uh, the way that America is going. You know, a lot of people cheered, and that's just the, the shift of it and everything. But uh, is is that any different? I mean, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, when you when you view it when you view it as a specific incident, I don't think there's I don't think people have a really big issue with it. But when you zoom it out and just see how much of our culture is that today, I think that's when people start to get a little lackluster about the whole thing. Here's what I think is kind of funny, and we'll we'll move on after this. But people will always say, "Oh, well, you know." The Oscars, movie stars, they're so pretentious. Why do they need these awards? And why do they need to to glorify themselves and think that they're so great? And I think, did you ever see the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl where at the very end they give you a giant award to the MVP and they give them hundreds of, you know, thousands of dollars and then give them a truck and they're like, oh yes, because we're so humble. And then what does, the, what does it begin with? Nothing but politics. The army, a giant ass flag. We're going to sing Sorry, the national I, I, anthem. I imagined a flag with a giant ass. <laughs> <on it. laughs> um, you know, and Lady Gaga was a. It was a very politically driven uh, performance that she had. David, oh, they work oh, all I, year I round. They work really hard all year round. I don't know if you should ever knock like, um, you know. They don't work year round. Uh, athletes that way. They're very. <laughs> it's a season. No, it's no. called a season for a reason. <laughs> there, there, there <laughs> are gladiators. <laughs> you need to appreciate them for what they are. No, I'm not saying that the I'm not saying that the Super Bowl is bad, but I think it it rings hypocritical when people say, "Oh no, well I watch the Super Bowl, but I won't watch the Oscars because they are so full of themselves." Well, no, it's different yeah, because like NFL are is slavery, so humble. and while Oscars they have the choice. <laughs> <laughs> I just like movies. I just like movies. And, and I like sports. And if I say and they, they're cool, they deserve recognition. And then we give them recognition. That's fine. I, I honestly, I, I watch the Super Bowl every year. I don't even watch sports. And I watch the Super Bowl every year. Because you like the commercials, but they're on YouTube now. So you don't have good. to. That's, that's, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just saying it. it's just hypocritical. Um, all right. So let's talk about, uh, and we'll finish off on this a little bit, but uh, Mel Gibson. What a fascinating man, right? An amazing director. Amazing director. So he, Mel Gibson is, really well, is. Go ahead and tell us tell us the news here. Uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, as of today, I th- I think I saw. I think Collider actually reported this that uh, it has been confirmed that Mel Gibson is actually in conversations with the studio to possibly direct Suicide Squad two. And. Matt Reeves, who's going to be directing the Batman movie, it's rumored that the studio is actually going to change the way that they're doing these uh, DC movies, where they're going to give complete creative control to these new directors. Okay, here we go. So here now think go. about that. A Suicide Squad movie, and I don't know if this is going to happen, but let's let's imagine for a second. <laughs> a Suicide Squad movie directed by Mel Gibson, creative control. Gonna have a really, really epic film. It could be amazing. <laughs> I mean, you have a pretty good cast. I just, I just thinking about Mel Gibson going into the comic world. Because what, what, what his, he's directed Passion, 
He's directed Hacksaw Ridge. He directed uh, Braveheart. Ap- Apocalyptica. Apocalypto. Apocalyptica is a band. Apocalyptica is a band with the cellos, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, it I, will I, be it will be violent. I think, very violent I think it's impossible to even imagine that, really. And if seeing how well Logan does rated R movies for superheroes can come right on in. I mean, we may have a new set it, of well, superhero Logan, movies. Logan's only here because of if DC. Deadpool. If yeah. DC doesn't transfer to rated R films, DC's screwed because they've gone so dark on themselves. But D- DC is smart, and they're also kind of being little thieves because what everybody, what Marvel failed to do with Edgar Wright and Ant Man and and all these different people, uh, DC's going to try it. Because they have nothing to lose at this point, right? So if, if, Marvel, if Marvel switches up their their whole scheme, they say, okay, Edgar Wright, take Ant-Man, do what you want with it, make, make an Edgar Wright movie, that Marvel is risking a lot. Well, if DC does already, that- They already did what they need to do. They're making the uh, Justice League movie. They just rushed right into it. While Marvel's already had this huge plan for Infinity right. War. So it's like, let us do this, and then I feel like after this happens, Marvel's going to be like, all right, creative direction goes all about, because they're doing it with Netflix anyways. So... I mean, why? So DC, they already pumped out their initial storyline. So now they can do it in Suicide Squad 2, the Batman movie. It's all after Justice League. They can go into their own stories. They Is there can, even a, Does the DC EU even have a storyline, really? N- right now it does. It, does it? It's, it's, it is shadowing <laughs> Spider- Marvel. S- super, in- super, Superman's dead. Is essentially the storyline. Well, yeah, what, what, if? what they're doing is they're shadowing the overall concept that they're going to have a big baddie at the end, which is going to be Darkseid. And he's going to be the which culmination. Which is literally the Thanos yeah, I mean, equivalent. He's, he's literally the Thanos of the they Marvel. They fight each other in Marvel versus DC. Like, this is great. Yeah, so, I mean, they're trying to follow that. But really, they, they are directionalist. And you're right. They, I don't think they have anything to lose. With Marvel, it makes sense. Because... Marvel had this story planned out a decade ago. Yeah, they, they've been waiting for this. It's like, wait, Edgar Wright, hold on, hold on. We've had this planned out. Let us just do this. And then... Yeah, and really, Edgar Wright was actually kind of petty because all they needed him to do was add in that one scene with Falcon. I mean, that's all they asked him to do. And he's like, I don't want to do that. And that scene worked because it tied it into the universe, which people get very frustrated with. But they need these tie-ins, so it works. Yeah, and that's what people get excited for. This cinematic universe is the new thing. So I, I get I get where Marvel's coming from, even though all of their movies are a little, you know, they're getting pretty shallow at this point. Doc, I I have so many issues with Doctor Strange, which Doctor- is just Iron Man on weed. Oh yes, obviously uh, you know nothing about weed. Um, definitely LSD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Or DMT, maybe DMT. Actually, DMT ayahuasca. Yeah, there we go. Well, how is it? How is it that we we Hold can't on, get yeah. you to watch movies, but you can just pump out all this knowledge on drugs all of a sudden? Not, no, West, <laughs> Western philosophy has a lot to do with uh, hallucinogenics. So I mean, if we really want to get into it, all right. But this isn't the time or place. All right, <laughs> that's going to be on our next podcast, which is called uh, Drug Cult, or just Cult, Cult just in general, just Cult, just, just Cult, <laughs> Kool Aid Cult. Y'all are a bunch of assholes. Stuffy <laughs> <laughs> gets very frustrated with us. Um, I don't think anything. Do, I, I I think DC can't stop. They have to see this through. They have to. I, they already they already did it. They cannot stop. But, but I, I think it's not going to work. The Justice League trailer looked a little more lighthearted. So yeah. so they might actually start going. Might they might that, start that probably Suicide Squad had crazy good uh, advertising. 
and and trailers. And they were so good, they tried to make the movie look like the trailers, and it just failed miserably. So, I mean, at this point, uh, at this point, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not about that life, man. I don't think DC can do it at all. So, okay, to move on. Uh, Mel Gibson, you're great, whatever. Um, which is weird that they've finally forgiven him. Let's talk about movies that are coming out in March and what we're excited for. Before we start talking about which ones we're excited for, I'm going to list off this ginormous list of movies, and I want you to remember the ones you were excited for. Logan, The Shack, Table 19, Before I Fall, The Last Word, Catfight, Kong, Skull Island, The Wall, The Sense of Ending, Raw, Personal Shopper, Beauty and the Beast, The Belko Experiment, T2, Transpotting, Song to Song, um, Power Rangers, Life, Chips, (laughs) Ghost in a Shell, The Boss Baby, The Zookeeper's Wife, Stepsisters, and The Black Coat's Daughter. Okay, I, I'm actually all right. Kong actually Island, very... Power Rangers, Logan. Um, wait, hold on. What else? Let me see that list again. <laughs> so, yeah, Logan, Power Rangers. One I'm excited for is actually Raw, which is this uh, independent movie the about Belko experiment. Oh, is that is that the one that was at Sundance about the <laughs> eating? They force, yeah, 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 yeah. They force yeah. you to eat raw yeah, meat yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah, and you become yeah. cannibalistic. Oh, that yeah, that one looks that nuts too. Uh, so I'm actually so I really enjoy movies that are. Um, Centralized, don't take place in a lot of places. Kind of like, uh, totally forgot. But the wall looks like it could be a very interesting, intense movie. I forget the actors, but essentially, this it's two. John Cena's in it. Yeah, John Cena. I guess it's two guys that are pinned down behind this wall in this battlefield, and there's a sniper just waiting to pick them off. That has the that has the uh, possibility of being very interesting. Uh, but wait, if John Cena's in it, how is he going to see him? <laughs> <laughs> you can't see John Cena. You're very right, Stefan. But I think I that movie it could it could be maybe is it a WWE studio movie because John Cena's in it? I don't, probably. I don't know if it's a WWE <laughs> studio <laughs> movie or not. Uh, I probably have very false hopes for that movie. But so uh, this isn't one that's interesting. So Song of Songs coming out. It's directed by Terrence Malick, very highly respected actor. And look, take a look at this cast. Ryan Gosling, Michael Fosenbender, Rooney Mara, Natalie Portman, Christian Bale, Kate Blanchett, Benicio Del Toro, Val Kilmore. Kilmore. Kilmer. Kilmer. Did I say Kilmore? Who also she plays Moses in Prince of Egypt. Didn't know that until last night. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is an amazing cast. I am excited for that movie. Uh, Logan's coming out this week, though. And then something else that's coming out this week uh, on April 4th is... Uh, March 4th? March 4th. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> March 4th, uh, they are in 34 states across the nation. They're playing 1984 um, to protest Trump's cutting of funding for the arts, which, uh, you know, it's, it's a classic movie made in 1984. And uh, that seems really cool. That's an opportunity. If you, if you like to be active and to be an activist and to watch movies, this is your perfect opportunity see if it's playing in your state go watch that movie so march is giving us a lot of movies now one of the big things is it ironic to watch 1984 why because isn't that the one about the books and the storytelling yeah. and no. it wait what no are you thinking big. fahrenheit oh i'm thinking about fahrenheit which the movie that came out in the 50s that is a really good movie i really enjoy that movie oh yeah Fahrenheit four fifty one. Four fifty one. I sorry, I totally got a blank. Sorry. That's that's where they um, that's where they read the books and then commit them to memory. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, but you can't you should make you should make that a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um other great movie that's coming out, Ghost in a Shell. 
Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast featuring- Looks exactly the same. Featuring shop, shop its first, um, first openly gay character. Okay, so I've heard this- Who? And, and we heard this in Star Trek Beyond and uh, how- what, what is his name again? What, what's that character's name? Uh, Sulu? Sulu. Sulu. How Sulu is, is a gay character and then we don't even get like a kiss or we get like a walk away. I'm like, oh, he's a gay character. So, I mean, first openly Disney gay character, how openly, like, I, so I, don't, I just don't know if that's actually news because I want to see what they actually who's do the, with it. Who's the openly gay character? Uh, Gaston's Gad. friend. What is that guy? Lumiere? Josh, Josh Gad. Oh, Josh Gad. Yeah. Uh, yes. who is he so, from? so first Disney openly gay, what does that actually mean? So he's in love with Gaston. Oh. And so when he's singing my what a guy Gaston, he's singing like I'm in love with this guy. I I want to be in him. <laughs> oh wow, that's very. <laughs> I, oh, no no no. He's wow, definitely dude. he's definitely a bottom. So <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that was your Disney recap for this that week. Was, <laughs> you imagine Gaston being a bottom? Come on, so that, that man's a top for sure. That's how 2017 rolls. <laughs> that's how that's how we discuss Beauty and the Beast. That's what's important about that movie. That's what we are. So uh, before we sign off, uh, recommendations for our audience. Uh. I mean, as much as everyone talks about the Oscars and as much as everybody was kind of glad that the three and a half hour thing was just kind of dumb and it was over, the movies nominated for Best Pictures truly are Best Picture uh, caliber and they are all very good. I mean, there's some that I haven't seen yet, but uh, Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Moonlight, La Land, all those movies, go see those movies, those movies that are more than just the popcorn. The popcorn's great and the escapism is great, but go see those movies that really display the craft. I mean, I, I've just been so on that recently. I just watched Moonlight just a, f- a few nights ago, Hacksaw Ridge just a, uh, just a few days ago. Great, great movies, great narratives, great direction, great cinematography. Please go watch Silence. Oh my goodness, please go watch Silence. So just go see those movies. Go see the good ones, people. Uh, Arrival was a great movie. That's the one I saw multiple times. I mentioned <laughs> that. But no, no, no. So I think in this past month, um, Imperial Dreams dropped on uh, Netflix with John Boyega. Oh, I want to see that. Yes, that movie is really good, and I think that everybody should give it a watch. I mean, John Boyega slays in that. I, th- I think it's definitely worth a watch. Oh, also see Get Out. Seriously, go see Get Out. Very good. Get Out was amazing. You know what? I, I forgot. There was one last thing I wanted to mention to discuss real fast. The Irishman. Martin oh, Scorsese. Uh, $150 million deal with Netflix. So real quick to recap, uh, Martin Scorsese wanted to make this movie. He wasn't getting the funding that he needed and people were scared. And so he went with Netflix, which is huge because this is a A-list director with an A-list cast. And this movie is definitely could be Oscar bait. And uh, he's not going with a traditional company and it may not even be released in theaters. And it stars uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Harvey Cattell, and coming out of retirement for this movie, Joe Pesci. And their Industrial Light and Magic, who did the special effects for Curious Case of Benjamin Button, are going to uh, de-age Robert De Niro so that he's a 30-year-old in this movie the entire time. Uh, This is bold. This is a landmark movie and step for cinema. Because this completely changes. You don't need to go to the theaters anymore. You can just make it on Netflix. Which is I mean, we saw that with the interview with James Franco and Seth Rogen, a oh, groundbreaking geez. film that came out back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want the theater to go away. I never want that to be gone. Uh, I never want that to be gone. So I, I don't think that this is ever going towards that direction. Um, but I mean, is this really surprising that he signed up with Netflix? Like everyone I feel like has known for the past 
couple of years that those streaming services are going to be as formidable as 20th century they, as Warner Bros. They're, they're, they're going to be up there. It seems like the big ones want to go to Amazon though, but Amazon's not doing so well. Well, like Amazon they, I mean, just, just got its first yeah. nom- uh, nomination, one Academy Award. And right. They right. won one. And I mean, yes, but like it's a lot of Amazon prime stuff are hit and misses with where you go, but you go with Netflix, you're having winner after winner. Scorsese going to Netflix. That that's a really good choice. Uh, so, I mean, Netflix is going to be, a viable he should have just gone to crackle grade grade <laughs> a viable grade a uh, a studio i mean you have what i mean they've dropped a few things that have been very good but i mean you have your tv shows you have orange new black you have house you of have Cards. cult classics on netflix now regular cult classics that shows that people are waiting for regularly movies that they're excited for now yeah and they have their movie like beasts of donation was a fantastic film you have all these even just the regular movies on netflix the originals are are crazy. They're good. So, I mean, it's not surprising to me that an A-list director with A-list stars uh, is on Netflix now. We're making a movie with Netflix because I, I, it was just a matter of time before Netflix stepped into that, uh, that A-list. Life. I mean, you know, it's interesting because through through cinema history, there's been these grand moments. There's, you know, the the talkies, uh, the Hayes Code, the destruction of the Hayes Codes, the '60s, the '70s, where they could do anything. The new studios of the '80s. Uh, we, I never really thought that we were going to live in anything that was really going to change. This is as significant as the talkies because Netflix and streaming services are completely changing the way that we do movies and the way that we write movies and see them, which is absolutely fascinating. And really it comes down to, uh, house of cards and Netflix. If house of cards wasn't on Netflix, I don't think we would be having any of this. Yeah. House of cards is what really set in motion. It really is. David Fincher. And uh, Kevin Spacey go to Netflix over HBO because Netflix said they'd give him complete creative control. And from there, now we have a movie that's coming out that's starring Brad Pitt on Netflix. Yeah, a, a, War Machine. A, a blonde Brad Pitt looks really weird. The picture. Does. The other one I mentioned. Yeah, because uh, Brad Pitt's him. never been blonde. They, they not that type okay. of blonde. <laughs> they they killed my father, Angelina Jolie. The movie in Cambodia. No, you haven't seen. I just saw no. the thing that she had. The thing, it, the thing with Netflix, it's hard to keep up. It, they have come out with so many trailers yeah. now. I don't even know what to watch anymore. Um, <laughs> but anyways, okay. So go watch Netflix. And my should go on Netflix, and you'll find anything you need. <laughs> my my suggestion. And I know. I think we've mentioned this before, but I just came late to the table, and I finally watched all of uh, the People versus OJ Simpson. Oh, so good! Yeah, oh my goodness, good, yeah. that show was one of the most incredible shows I have ever seen. I mean, it was so well done. Um, so shout out to, and I've said this to everybody who's mentioned that show, the casting is unreal. Watch the show. It's a great show. After you watch the show or even during look up the actor and look up the real person who they're portraying. It is amazing. Or what could you could do is just watch till the end of the show and then they do that for you. Well, you know, I'm impatient. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could do that. I'm but. impatient and it is crazy. <laughs> Uh, but it was it was a really great show. So, anyways, a lot of great stuff is coming out. March is going to be a fun one to talk about. I think we need to try to go see all these movies. Want to know what you think? Um, but thanks for joining us, and we will catch you for our wrap up of March uh, in April. We'll see you next time. I'm David Sandu. I'm Stefan Sandu. I'm Ryan Victory. Don't forget you can find us on Twitter at OhTheRiverHouse and on Facebook at FilmCult. And you can find us on any platform for podcasts. 